Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? Good, good, Sam. Glad to be back, man. I missed you, brother. <laughs> I know. We've been kind of sporadic now, but, but we're back. We're, UCLA stuff is going to start building up, getting rolling, so, so we're back to talk about it. Uh, de- definitely a good amount to touch on today. Some men's basketball roster moves that uh, impact this season. Kind of surprise, last-minute stuff. Uh, it'll be really interesting. And then football, uh, fall camp started, so we'll touch on that a little bit too, as well as the season ahead. Uh, but yeah, if you are coming back, appreciate it. If you're new, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications, whatever platform you're listening to. You can find us wherever. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports betting information, from live in-game betting, props, and features. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to earn your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, Travis, let's get right into it. UCLA men's basketball signed uh, Italian forward Abramo Zanka last week, a couple days ago. He, he was playing with a professional team in Russia, um, but he grew up playing in, in Italy and with all, all the FIBA stuff, the U16, U18, U20, all that. Um, he's playing at the, the, I think the FIBA U19s this year or something like that, where Adem Bono was playing well too. Uh, so big on the international stage, uh, pro level guy. Uh, if you look at overseas, which is really big, this team doesn't really have that. You usually don't get to add a pro to your roster, but, um, yeah, international guy brought into the mix, uh, only a couple months after Ivo Simovich came on as assistant head coach or just as assistant coach. And yeah, big move for, for UCLA. We had talked about what this team was going to be missing with uh, Jules Bernard and Johnny Juzang and, and those guys, Peyton Watson, going to the NBA draft. Uh, maybe some of them were unexpected departures, and this team was left still good, but a little thin. Now they have someone who can come in and play real minutes. So I don't know, Travis, what do you think of Zonka and, and what he can bring to the team with that international experience? Well, I, I could tell you this. He's probably going to be either a great shooter or very physical. Uh, the Russian league is a league where a big man can shoot and he's physical. Um, this, if you play professional, you know, in Europe, you know, you, you're a good player, and especially if you played at a high level. Um, you know, like I remember this kind of happened with Kentucky when they, Ernest Cantor, he played professional in Turkey. Uh, before, you know, but he got paid. And then back then, and he said, but like, you couldn't get paid and go to college. 
So he obviously had to go to the NBA. It was a lottery pick. But um, I definitely feel like, you know, UCLA needed, you know, some inside help. Obviously, they lost, you know, their starting center and their backup center. Um, and they lost a lot, to be honest. They lost, you know, if you want to say three starters from the final 14. Um, and, the, you know, like I said, when you have to re keep rebuilding on the fly, it's a situation where you need talent. And like I said, the fact that he's played against uh, great Russian players is uh, going to bring him a, a far away to bring in against, you know, 18, 19 year old college kids. Yeah. And I think it's really big, especially uh, in replacing Jules Bernard, where the, Jules is more of a two guard and, and Zonka seems to be more of a, like a swing man kind of thing, like a, like a, like perimeter forward. Um, but what you lost when Jules Bernard kind of surprised everyone and decided to go to the NBA instead of using a super senior year, you lost shot creation, perimeter play, uh, length on the outside. Now you got Zonka who's six, seven, six, eight can play on the perimeter. can defend out there. He's like a 35% three point shooter. So even if he's not super high volume, that's pretty good. Defenses have to respect that. So that's really good if you're this UCLA team. And I, I think we'll we'll see how he how he shapes up, how he looks physically when he gets on campus. Because uh, I know he's been taking online classes and it's coming pretty soon. Um, but if he can put on a little extra muscle, then maybe he can give Jaime some rest and and be that kind of wing forward spot where he's playing a lot in the post. So he can maybe he can do that. Maybe he can fill in that Jules Bernard role. He can really help. The, the depth part of this is huge because when you lose those main guys going to the NBA and Cody Riley, you're losing a lot of minutes and you have enough talent that's still here, but he's going to take a lot of wear and tear, a lot of minutes on those guys. And Zonka at the very least should be able to play 10, 15, 18 minutes a night and just kind of take the load off those guys until they really need to go all in. No, I definitely agree. I think what UCLA is thinking, like, look, uh, not only did we lose Juice Bernard, we lost Peyton Watson, you know, and mm -hmm. that, was, that was big. They probably thought Peyton Watson, this was going to be his year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, you don't, you don't play a guy 10 minutes a night. If you think he's going to be one and done you do that because you're waiting for what he's going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like I said, when he surprised everybody, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out anyway. And like I said, averaging <laughs> three points, two rebounds, um, uh, and still get drafted in the first round that shows you how much talent that NBA believes in him. But I think that hurt UCLA in, in my opinion, you know, I think UCLA went from a possible final four team to maybe a second round team. But I think that what happened when they really signed this guy, I think uh, that could possibly make up the difference. That might not be a big difference maker, but it could be something to where like that can boost them back into the, Topper, top upper echelon of college basketball. I thought if everybody would stay, they would probably be the number two ranked team in the country behind North Carolina. You know, because obviously North Carolina had most of their teams stay too. But uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's you know, like we'll see what happens. You know, um, you know, and like I said, I, he'll get an opportunity to play at that position. He'll get an opportunity to play because let's be honest, UCLA doesn't have a lot of hybrid wings right now. You know, they have Jaime, right? 
uh, and losing, like I said, Peyton Watson and, and, and losing, you know, uh, Jules Bernard is not a many, a lot of hybrid wings that can guard maybe two, three, four. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe, maybe this guy could, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think he raises your floor and your ceiling because, yes. I mean, you bring in a, a 20-year-old guy who's played professionally and he's athletic and has the physical attributes and has had some decent production uh, with Team Italy on the FIBA stage and in the Russian League. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a guy who, if, if you coach him upright, he does the weight, weight programs and everything and, and he fits into the system well, who knows? He can be a starter for you. He can be really good. He can, he can take the Pac-12 by storm. Maybe he's... Pack 12, six man of the year. And at the very least, he'll raise your floor just by being another body, uh, which this team sorely needed. Because I, I know we talked after Jules left about, I mean, there were a lot of people saying, like, what now? What next? Like, who do we got to bring in? We like steal a, a flip a 2022 recruit, bring it, bring in a, cha- a transfer, which were all interesting possibilities. But you looked at it, we were like, okay, Jules left. So now Amari Bailey and Jalen Clark are going to start. And to bring in a new transfer, to bump one of them out of the lineup, out of the starting lineup, would be kind of, I don't know, you could you could accept bringing one of them off the bench if the starter is Jules Bernard, who's been here for five years. But if you're saying like, oh, yeah, welcome to UCLA, Amari Bailey, we're going to bring in this new guy because we don't want you to start. Like that probably won't go over well chemistry-wise or just maybe – He's just not happy, doesn't live up to his full potential. Uh, same thing with Jalen Clark, which is like, oh, yeah, you really worked your, your butt off for the last two years, three years. Uh, good job. We're going to be make you a starter. Mm, actually, never mind. We're going to bring in a transfer. We, we like this guy more. So, <laughs> it, and then you look like, so you, so you can't really bring in a transfer or whoever it is to be a fifth starter and, and boot this guy's out of the lineup, at least not at the beginning. So you look at transfers and how many transfers are going to want to come to UCLA and come off the bench as like a wing, probably not too many. So this is the perfect happy medium that a lot of people didn't really consider at the time in early June after Jules left when everyone was kind of scrambling for how this roster was going to develop where it's like, okay, you can bring in a guy who can develop and come off the bench, but also contribute right now. He can be a rotation player. So that's, that's what's really, really interesting. Your chemistry is unaffected. You get to put the five-star guy and the, firecracker guy jalen clark you get to start them both do do what you wanted to with that lineup without disrupting things and still bring in a, a talented guy like abram zanka no no i think uh like i said i think you know ucla like you said like what he does is raises the ceiling and you know if he can help them like really help them at that hybrid ring spot which they really need help at uh makes sense like I said, uh, Amar Bailey, like I wasn't worried about him starting. He was going to start from the time he signed his contract, signed his scholarship paper. <laughs> I, yeah, you think, but him. you never know. Peyton Watson was five-star, and he's better than Peyton Watson, but still. Yeah. You yeah, don't know what Peyton stat. Watson was five-star, but Amar Bailey was the number one guard in the country. Yeah, yeah. You know? he's, he's, so, better. he's better. Yeah, he's, so he would have started no matter what, even if UCLA would have had to suffer in the beginning. But uh, – you know, like I said, if he comes in, he, you know, like, p- trust me, the Russian league, if he played in the top Russian league, he's played against NBA pros. You know, the top Russian players in that country is NBA guys. You know, they could play in the NBA or they were drafted in the NBA. They just didn't go. Like, I know a lot of Americans that played over there and made a ton of money and guys who could have went to the NBA but didn't, right? So, 
you know, if he's playing in those kind of leagues already and playing a lot, then he can definitely play. Um, yeah, I, I got it here. He was, uh, so he started with the amateur club Stella Azura Rome in Italy. And then he was at Locomotive Kuban in Russian Super League One. Averaged okay. 11 points, four rebounds a game. So it's rotation player putting up pretty good numbers. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you can do that in Russia, trust me, man. Like, I've, I've played against Russian teams. I've seen the Russian league. It is for real. You know, now the number two league in the world uh, behind the NBA is Spain. Overall, mm-hmm. because their overall talent of like, because Spain has obviously Spanish players, but they bring in the best of the best of everywhere else. You know, the best Russians, the best, you know, other people from, you know, not, not necessarily the best Americans, but they bring in great Americans too. Um, but, you know, yeah, like, I mean, it's the, it's the country that produced Bo Cruz, the one and only, the, the, from, uh, Hustle that I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they're professionally them. that good, you just got to look at all the streetball guys, like like Bo Cruz, right. crazy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And so, like I said, for me, it's a situation where, like you know, but Russia, a lot of I have a lot of friends who play in Russia. It's a for real league, and um, yeah, you know, I think that's I, why that's why Emo Simovich. Uh, Ivo Simovich is going to be really good for this team yeah. as a recruiter, yeah. Yeah. and it's it's already paying off. Yeah. I mean, you had you had guys like uh um like Andrei Stoyakovich, Peja's son, who obviously yeah, Peja's son. Uh, like if he, he yeah. would come to UCLA, yeah. serving yeah. Greek, and Simovich has experience over there, similar background as as Peja, and there's connection there. So it happened. He'll help with. Italian guys and Turkish guys and Spanish guys and Russian guys and, and second generation guys who've been growing up in America. So he gets those, those paws all over everything. And, and that should really only do good things for UCLA recruiting it was something they were missing before something that yeah. not, not too long ago, you were kind of fine missing it. You're like, Oh, we don't have this, but we don't really need it. But now it's becoming, well, you look at yeah. how Gonzaga is recruiting and how they're playing and Arizona, yeah, how they're yeah. recruiting and how they're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, it's a I wouldn't say it was 100 percent necessary, but it's it's definitely a good thing to start branching out into these different recruiting avenues. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems mm-hmm. to be working pretty well so far. No, look, I, that's what I was about to say, literally about to say was that look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga mm-hmm. is brought in for the last, you know, five, five to eight years. They've been bringing in international players. They've been going pro, you know. Um, all the a lot of their players are international, and even their Americans, they bring in a, have an international kind of flavor. So they've been doing it better than anybody in the country, probably. Um, to be honest with UCLA, I thought they were going to get that dude from Kentucky, but he ended up going to Washington for some reason. Maybe just to be the guy, um, you know. You know, and UCLA was going to be the guy. So I, I think that you know. Getting, getting, like I said, getting this player. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you said is going to be this year. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting to keep an eye on. I feel like we both think with with this addition now, I mean, I, I probably already had him as a top 10 team, but I think that's what they're looking right like right now. Definitely the favorite in the Pac-12. I feel like that's pretty unanimous. It's going to be the third year in a row that they're going to be the presumptive favorite to win the Pac-12 in the preseason polls. So that's that's a pretty good position for for Mick Cronin's program. I mean, obviously he hasn't won the Pac-12 yet, and he hasn't won a championship yet. But you got to you got to like where they are right now. 
Travis, let's move on. Oh, uh, agree, oh, yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> let's let's move on and talk a little UCLA football. Uh, just had fall camp open on Friday. You're practicing Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, off days, I think maybe like one or two off days a week for the next four weeks or something like that. Um, I, I've been there. I've seen a little bit of it. We didn't get to see as much fall camp as we did spring camp when we could really watch the whole practice start to finish and the scrimmages and seven on sevens and simulated game stuff. But yeah, still some pretty good stuff going on. A lot of, a lot of personnel updates, seeing who's healthy, seeing what position groups are kind of thin, seeing who's bulked up. Um, first takeaways that I've seen is that uh defensive line. I, I was a little worried about before, but bringing uh, Sykes, the transfer from Harvard, He's looking pretty good, a lot bigger than I thought he'd be. Uh, Gary Smith, the transfer from Duke, who was there in the spring, but he looks a lot better now. I think he was a little banged up in the spring. The defensive line group isn't super deep, but they're looking a lot better than I thought they would. They're they're veteran, they're athletic, uh, good balance over there. The linebackers, it's a tough spot because Damian Sellers, who was the top recruit for Chip Kelly in the 2020 class, who's a four-star from from Arizona – he is not listed on the official roster and we haven't seen him at practice yet. Chip Kelly said he's unavailable. So that could mean anything. Chip is <laughs> that's chip. That's how he likes to, to disclose things such as uh, not at all, but that's, that's not great. And then I like he's still in a boot. Uh, so that's not great. So the linebackers are a little thin, but I like what I've seen from Ken Norton jr the way that he's coaching those guys up. He's a foreign Bruin himself, obviously all American Super Bowl champion, NFL defensive coordinator. Uh, good to have that kind of voice on the field out there. Um, yeah. DTR Dwayne Thompson Robinson. He, we haven't seen a ton of the, the quarterback work, but we talked to him on Friday and I mean, he really feels like a fifth year leader kind of guy who's, who's ready to take the team and just take it where he goes. Uh, which is definitely good to hear. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, he's back. He's looking big. I feel that literally every practice, whether it was uh, his first spring ball and then fall camp last year, all through the season, spring camp this year, and then now, every time you go a while without seeing Zach Charbonnet and you see him, you're like, oh, my God. he, How did he, his biceps double in size since the last time I saw him? He's always <laughs> just bursting out of his jersey. It's crazy. So, yeah, there, there's a lot to like. Uh, when, when you look at the personnel, there are a lot of thinner areas, but even at those spots, you like the talent they have there, like linebacker, you got the Hawaii transfer, Darius Masso, uh, John, John Vaughn's coming back, uh, from the baseball team. So he wasn't there in spring, but he's looking pretty good now working pretty well with Ken Norton jr. Um, uh, Kim Madrano is looking pretty good. Still Jeremiah Trojan, uh, Kobe Bryant Strother could be a, a dark horse to contribute at linebacker, uh, tight end Hudson Habermel looking great. Uh, he's long. He's put on a lot of weight while still being a really good receiver. So yeah, you're you're leaning a lot on those veterans and just kind of crossing your fingers at some of these smaller, low key, former walk on, interesting flyer guys break out um, because I I think this UCLA team is going to need some of that because the veterans will only take you so far, and then you need the supporting pieces to make sure to take you from an eight win team to a ten win team. So there's definitely going to be a lot of focusing on that this season. I know, Travis, when you 
kind of see and, and hear what's going on around camp and you look at the schedule and how things develop, how are you feeling about UCLA football at the, with like a month away from week one? I'm actually feeling pretty good. I think we, we've discussed this, uh, you know, uh, before, you know, pretty much at nauseum that their schedule was not that good. No. Um, yeah. It, opening against <laughs> Bowling know. Green is, uh, is, is nice <laughs> for this team. If you're just trying to win games. Yeah, no, no, I, no, no. I think obviously having a fifth year senior, having your top running back back, having the players they have back along with the uh, talent that they have, they have a, you know, like uh, a good team. I think they're easily a nine win team if they, when you know, let's just say they lose all the 50 50 games, they still a nine win team, yeah. You know, um, and I, I feel like anything other than that is maybe a disappointment. Like, if he went with the same record, say he went eight and five or something, like that's a good year, but still, I feel like they should have won 10 games, yeah. Like, know? five, like, especially five years in, that's the best you can do, yeah. So, like, to me, I think this is the year. Now I don't know what's gonna happen next year because you're gonna have a new quarterback or whatever and all that. And yeah, that but that's that's the big this, thing where where it's like, here, yeah. yeah, go ahead because it's a lot of it is this year is big because you know next year will be worse. <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure on yeah, this year. Yeah, being so good. yes, this year you'll lose your you lose your top running back and your top quarterback and obviously other pieces as well. But I think you know what I'm saying like this year. If they don't win nine, ten games this year, they will never win nine, ten games over with him. Yep, um, agreed. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I think about it, the competition. In the Pac-12, who's the who's the other team that's, like, you know, scares you? Probably Utah. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, and like I say, even with SC, they have a lot of talent, but you don't know if that talent's going to mesh they could have a terrible year this year. Like, I think, you know, you got this year for, uh, for, for, for coach and then next year, and then they're moving to the big 10. They might just start fresh and be like, we're going to go a different direction, you know? And now he only have one year left on his deal. So I don't think it'd be that big of a deal for them, you know? Um, so this is the year that if Chip Kelly is going to do anything with UCLA, it's going to be this year. Yeah, and it's tough because we're talking about the all the guys he does have back, and those are the most important guys. You got you got Dorian, you got Charbonnet, and Stephen Blaylock at safety, but a bunch of really good guys who are sticking around, keep the that ceiling where it is. It maybe like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. team is not as good as last year's team, but the schedule is easier and the Pac-12 is weaker. So you think, and it's another year of Chip Kelly to judge how he's done as a program builder so that's why you expect to be 10 wins even though talent wise last year's team was probably better but you just look at their starters at the beginning of last season chase coda gone kyle phillips gone sean ryan gone paul gratton gone (laughs) john Gaines is still here duke clemens is still here alec anderson gone greg dulcich gone britain brown gone (laughs) so and then you look at the, the next guys you're like okay well john Gaines is going to go after this year. Duke Clemens, probably going to go after this year. Same with Antonio Mafi, probably going to be gone after this year. Uh, Mike Martinez, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Cam Brown, Kaz Allen. The, literally their entire offensive depth chart from week one of last season could be gone at the end of the season. And and on defense, too. like You got Daytona Jackson, Odui Isibor, already gone. Otito Igbonia, already gone. Tyler Manoa moved to the offensive line. 
Mitchell Gude, Miles Jackson, both gone. Caleb Johnson, gone. Alecajo, injured, out for a while. Jordan Jim Markeith, gone. And you got Kay Madrano is back. Bo Calvert's back. Quantra's Knight, gone. Obi Ebo, gone. Uh, DJ Warnell, gone. Quentin Lake, gone. Cam Johnson, gone. So it's that's what that's what I mean when I say that a lot is resting on these returning veterans uh, on, yes. on DTR and Charbonnet yeah. because mm-hmm. you lost a lot of veterans. You lost a lot of snaps, a lot of starters from last year. So no, you still have some top right. end talent. DTR is no worse than a top three quarterback in the Pac-12. Zach Charbonnet, no worse than the top three running back in the Pac-12. He could be a top five running back in the country. And yeah, you, you are going to need those guys to produce week in and week out. You have a nice little runway early because you have Bowling Green, South Alabama, Alabama State, win those games by 30. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like you, you don't need them to stat pad or anything. It'd be nice for their Heisman cases or whatever, but you're, you're going to win those games. If you don't, geez, Chip Kelly, it's definitely a hot seat will be on fire if he loses those. Oh. Uh, and, and then you if got they, if they got, lose any of their first five games, he's in trouble. Yeah. And I think what will really be the defining game of this season, and like you can say the USC game, but that's a little later. They're probably going to go into the Utah game five and oh, and Utah will also be five and oh at the beginning of October. And I think the last five years they've played Utah four times. And Utah's average margin of victory is something like 32 points. So (laughs) even though this team is worse than last year's team, you're playing at home this year. Hopefully Dorian's healthy this year in the Utah game. Do are those five early wins going to mean anything other than just becoming bowl eligible? Can you prove that you've taken that next step? Can you defend your home turf and beat Utah? The, the preseason pack 12 favorite. That is where you really will see if this team was legit because you're winning those five games. Anyways, if you're legit or not, if you, if you want any respect on this team, you have, you have to win those five games. And then that Utah game will probably determine, is this a really like a genuinely good team or is this just a team that took advantage of a bad schedule? So we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, But once we do get there, Dorian, Zach Charbonnet, they have have to be firing in all cylinders, and they, and they certainly can. There's definitely a possibility of that, uh, but it, like I said, a lot resting on their shoulders. I much agreed with that one, Sam. I think, like I said, like their schedule is so quote unquote easy that they should coast to eight wins. Yes. And how many yep. schedules you see like that? How many schedules you see where you should easily, no matter what happens, coast to eight wins? That's a lot of wins. Now. Utah is the test. Like I said, if they come in 5-0, and and they'll probably be 5-0, and and they'll probably be ranked. Now, will it be top 15? It'll probably most likely be top 25, let's say 22 or something like that, right, because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah will be probably be top 10, you know, and maybe top five, you know, and uh, that'll show if UCLA, like you said, is for real or not. Now, SC is down the line, and let's just say, like, they – they beat Utah, and so like that that'll propel UCLA from like top twenty to like top 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 ten. And I feel like it'll be interesting to see, you know, like what has UCLA improved on 
because like you said, like Utah just mollywops them every year. Um, this can't be the year they mollywop them if they're serious about contending in, in, a, in some kind of bowl, big bowl, or at least mid-size. Yeah, I, I think uh, there was some outlet, I forget which one it was, was saying that there's like preseason bowl predictions for, for every team or something. They said UCLA was going to go back to the holiday bowl. First of all, that'd be really funny. Uh, just because they, they <laughs> couldn't play it out last year, obviously. I think that'd just be tremendous content and the jokes and whatever that would write themselves. Uh, but at the same time, you don't really want to be there again. You don't even want to be in the Alamo Bowl or the Rose Bowl. Or, like, yeah, that's very high expectations. And it, it's kind of a bummer that Chip Kelly doesn't seem to externalize those expectations at all. Um Mm-hmm. it's funny at Pac-12 media day uh, last week the difference in talking to Chip Kelly versus Lincoln Riley is huge where Lincoln Riley <laughs> will say he'll say like oh like we didn't come here to like do everything this year it's about building a winning program over time like that same you know you expect that from a coach but he was mm-hmm. being impressed about it he's like what do you what do you expect this year like what do you want he's like I want to win a national championship which is like, okay, you know, I, you're probably not going to do it, but I, I like the the drive, the the tangible goal, even if that's like the highest high you can possibly reach. I respect that. Ask Chip Kelly about it. He's like, mm, I just want to have a good Friday. It's like, oh, <laughs> like this, this again, really? You can't say like, like Chip, would you be disappointed if you won fewer games than the last year? He's like, well, you try to win every week. It's all this like garbage coach talk stuff where you're just like, no, be, be real. I mean, it's, I know it's these coaches are, are trained by either by themselves and the media people or their predecessors or whoever coached them coming up to not be outlandish or make predictions because you know that's that's not their job the job's coach the football team i get it but i mean you got to set some actual goals and i hope that mm-hmm. martin jarman the athletic director at ucla has set some goals some tangible goals for chip kelly because it doesn't really seem like he has in the past he may have behind closed doors obviously I mean, he, he could do a bunch of stuff but remember when jarman was starring the first two years and Chip Kelly had been on the hot seat. It was a lot of like, what does Chip need to do to keep his job? And he's not going to say like, oh, Chip will be fired if X, Y, Z. Um, but I, I think this year, even though he just gave him an extension, Martin Jarman behind closed doors has, has got to kind of be, okay, Chip, you got to get nine wins. Okay, Chip, you got to get 10 wins. Like yeah. you, whoever's setting the goal, there needs to be a goal somewhere in the, the locker room and Washington football center higher up. I need something tangible for them to go after besides just having a good Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I agree with you on that. hundred percent. I think um, this is just me. Like I said, uh, I'm, I know, I know ship, you know, philosophy. So he's trying to, you know, lower expectations. Cause I guarantee you most Bruin fans, just like we did, are looking at the schedule like, dude, win, 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 <laughs> loss, win, 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 win. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 10 wins, man. You know? 
So he's probably trying to lower expectation and under promise, over deliver type of thing. How lame is that um, though? Like a fifth year yeah. head coach who has NFL <laughs> experience. He's like this big figurehead and and he's big name, big brand, Chip Kelly, and he's focused with like lowering expectations. That's so lame. No, I think he's scared. He doesn't want to say, oh, yeah, we're going to win nine or eight and then win six. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like I, I think for him, you, you almost yeah. never hear coaches say stuff like that. But I, I mean, you always hear coaches, it's especially a UCLA coach. And like the players will say it sometimes too. And Chip just refuses, where it's like, where your goal is like, oh, we want to go to the Rose Bowl and win a national championship. Like, even if it's facetious, like, uh, Oh, like I want to go 12 and 0 and, and win everything. Like, even if that's not really the tangible, achievable goal all the time, it's at least something. Chip Kelly will just avoid that at all costs, though, and refuse to kind of play into that kind of conversation in the slightest. He's doing his inner Belichick in, you know, but the problem <laughs> is Bill Belichick has won six championships, yeah. so he can do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chip hasn't won nothing, so you can't be Bill Belichick without the Bill Belichick hardware. You know? So, I think, uh, like I said, he should back his way into eight wins. That should be, you know, eight wins should be the standard. And like you said, we were saying before about setting goals for the season. Like, he should minimum, that should be the, like, the worst should be eight. You know? And then it should be basically nine and up. Yeah. Because you got starting with Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. It's three and all right there. Col- yeah. Colorado sucks. That's That should be a win. Let me just skip ahead, yep. looking at different teams. Stanford sucks. That should be a win. Arizona State, Arizona, Cal, they all suck. Those should be wins. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right there. They, he can see right. Boom. Like, Boom. Right there. You nailed it with eight. And then you got like, <laughs> okay, you're probably better than Washington. You should win that. And then you have the 50-50 yes. games with Utah, Oregon, USC. With Utah, I'd probably yes. say I'd give Utah better than a 50% chance, but the other ones m- might be coin flips. And if you mm. have three, four coin flips, whatever it is, and landed on loss every time, that's not a good sign. So right. back into eight wins, it makes the record look good, but you need to do more than that to show that you're actually a good team. Because eight yeah. wins with this schedule, a mediocre team could do that. So are yes. you a mediocre team that beats up on bad teams? Like maybe they were last year. I mean, there was more talent last year and they kind of rose to the occasion at the end of the year, but still lost all the good teams. Are you going to do that again? Like can, can chip finally beat good teams, which he has been unable to do the last few seasons. I agree with you. Let's just say like you got the 50, 50 games with Utah, Oregon and you in SC, right? Um, let's say, you, you know, Washington, you, they win. That's nine. Mm-hmm. And you got Oregon. They lose because Oregon's like top 10, right? They lose to, you know, uh, SC or, I mean, Utah because, you know, Utah says better, right? And then if they lose to SC, that's four loss. So they're nine and four. Or, yeah, nine, nine and three. Nine and three. I'm sorry, nine and three, right? And I think that that's a, that's a good record. That's a very good record. And that might get them to something bigger than the holiday bowl, you know, but 
I just feel like it's not enough. Like I said, they have to be one of those big four teams. They have to be one or more, you know, either UCLA, either Oregon, UCLA, and I mean, SC, Oregon, you know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. have to win one of these big games. They can't just, like you said, beat up on all these small mid-major schools and, oh yeah, we had a great year. We won eight wins against all these small mid-major schools in Washington. Yeah, that they they need to do something this year. They they mm-hmm. lost a lot from last year. They're going to lose a lot after this year. Next year, whether Chip is here or not, is going to be a massive rebuilding year. Especially, I mean, yes. we'll, we touched on it a little bit in the past, and maybe it will come up next week on the show or week after, depending on where things lie. But the recruiting, woof! Oh my gosh, just a, <laughs> you can say it's a decision. I mean, it's it's a decision, all right. But the the strategy there is uh is questionable, and he is leaving himself or his successor severely under understaffed <laughs> um, moving forward. But that's that's top for another time. Right now, it's fall camp started. So it's, it's all good feelings. Ten win team. The the sky is the limit. Who knows? They can go undefeated. Those are all coin flips. Maybe all those coin flip games are wins. Who knows? But uh, this this is as doom and gloom as that kind of got because we wanted to actually set expectations. This is supposed to be like the flowery happy go lucky time of football season where anyone can believe anything about their, their team. And I don't blame mm-hmm. people for doing that with UCLA. They definitely have a, a, a real ceiling this year and they can, they can contend and compete and have a meaningful, memorable season. So We'll see how, how it goes in a couple of weeks when it starts, and then we'll see how it goes in about two months when it really starts in the beginning of October. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be here to talk, talk about it all the way through, through the, the cupcake games and the big ones, through practices and recruiting and new additions and injuries and expectations. We're, we're here to talk about it. So <laughs> looking forward to a fun football season. Agree. Yeah, so that'll pretty much do it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA, uh, presented by Bet Online. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for joining me again. Where can people find you in your work online? Pretty much, they can find me on at Travis W Reed on Instagram. That's R E E D Travis W Reed, and at uh, I mean at uh, just Travis Reed Travis W Reed on uh, Facebook. Pretty much I post all my social media, uh, what's going on with me um, on those sites, pretty much, uh, you know. And if, you, if you're if looking on on, on, on on YouTube, you get bored, check out An Athlete's Journey. You know, I have episodes, a lot of episodes on there. And you know, on, on the Believe Network as well. Good stuff. Good to hear. Check all that stuff out. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Conan. And you can head on over to allbruins.com, uh, the UCLA site on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network, uh, to get any more UCLA content that you're craving. You can follow us on Twitter at SI underscore all Bruins or on Facebook at SI.allbruins. So follow us there. Follow me. Check all the stuff out. Get, the, get your UCLA fill ahead of football season. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you next week. 10. 10 wins. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. 
you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.